yo, yo. The almighty song plays here, representing Brotherhood 603, Celestial Beans. And when I'm in the mood to educate and celebrate, I tune in to my dude's cheese and Sir Love Day. I crush a lot of podcasts, tune in or get slapped, and they hope. Peace. Crush a lot of podcasts. You know we crush a lot. Welcome back. Crush a lot podcast. I'm your boy Cheese, and as always, my right hand man, Sir Loveday. Sir Loveday, how are you? Feeling great, man. Having a good day, despite the violence that surrounds me. I'm still okay. I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> I'm good. All yeah, way, yeah, you know, all the way alive, from Miami. Um, took a one week break, but she's back in the think of it. Yeah. One week break, but she's back. She's going to make you wait. Uh, the backbone, the bodyguard, uh, the China to our DX, uh, Kalina, how are you? I'm doing great, okay? I'm just going to forget that you just shaded me right now. I shade everyone. I troll everyone. It's I'm the color of the group, of the trio. So, you know, I might have to take some slack. It's good to have everybody on board. Um, and the world's a crazy place, so we're just here to distract people. Thank you for checking out the show. Um, make sure that you hit us up on our social media, Crush A Lot Podcast, Crush A Lot Cheese, Sir Love Day, and Calzingas yes. over at Twitter. We want to hear from you. Um, but we're in episode two of a very special series, our Sir Love Day. This is this is your baby. This is your brainchild. What, what, what are we doing? Doing the great art of emceeing. We are paying homage to the craft that has been focal in our beloved hip hop culture. Uh, so we've last week we focused on one particular part of that craft. We talked about punchlines, and we highlighted some of our favorite punchlines. We only did three per person, and then we focused on one particular MC that we thought really was a an, an masterful, uh, super skillful uh, artist when it comes to punchlines, and, and we focused on those people. And this time around, we are focusing on storytelling rhymes. Uh, so we're looking for three songs. Uh, each of us are going to throw them out there. Some songs that are really, really are just maybe it's a verse within a song that really, really we think are great, great, great storytelling rhymes and then we're going to all give a props to that one person that we think is just a masterful storyteller that we want to show some love to and that's what we're going to be doing today yep that's what we're on top four um so let's uh let's go right into it um this is we're not ranking let's make it clear we're not ranking we're just these are just happen to be three of our favorite songs or verses um for we can Mm -hmm. be very clear to the listeners so, Sir Love Day, kick us off. What 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 do you got? I'm gonna start it off with one of my favorite songs of one of my favorite artists, and I happen to be listening to it today, not in preparation for the show. It just happens to be a part of my Monday Most Deaf playlist, and so I was listening to Miss Fat Booty. Nice. Uh, for those who don't know. Uh, Miss Fat Booty is an amazing, amazing song by Mo Steph, uh, where he uses this great Aretha Franklin sample, uh, and it gets flipped in this really, really creative way. And he tells this wonderful story uh, about this girl he met uh, in passing that he tried to get with, tried to approach, and she shot him down. He shot his shot 
and she played him super hard curve. And then <laughs> next time he saw her around, he happened to be introduced to her by a friend of his who was pretty much like, hey, here's that guy I've been telling you all about. And she turned around and saw that it was him. I was all shocked and <laughs> amazed and feeling stupid for having curved him so hard. And it turns out they ended up hitting it off. Things happen. I won't ruin the story. You know, no spoilers for how it ends. Uh, songs have only been out for over 15 years. But, <laughs> you know, you can get to that at your own pace if you haven't heard it already. And if you haven't heard it already, why? Like, why? Like, seriously, why? But the point is, it's a really, really great example of storytelling rhymes because not only is there no wasted bars, it's start to finish just about this story. Um, and it, it's done in classic, you know, three verse format. And it has a nice little twist at the end. It sets you up, changes the mood, changes it again each verse, uh, gives you different reactions, and then changes it one last time at the end of the verse uh, with another little curve. But he does a lot of really good uh, small details to kind of elaborate the story he's telling you directly about the story step by step as it happens uh you know live first person as it's going on but in the choruses he's uh reacting and reflecting on the story as if he's telling it to a friend uh and then he's giving you these little details along the way um like he says uh they're playing lover's rock i got the folded fingers on her waist uh, to kind of really paint the picture of what's going on. So he gives you the idea of the music that they're dancing to, because she said, uh, how are you going to leave without dancing? They're, so he's telling you the type of music they're listening to to give you a vibe of what that party's like, to give you a sense of the kind of girl, the kind of dancing they're doing, and even to show you exactly how they're standing and how close they're standing and how he's holding her. If he's got his fingers folded up on her waist, that means they must have been pretty darn close. Uh, and he does that throughout the song to give you those little hints of what it's like, all these various descriptions, uh, <laughs> including the classic ass so fat that you can see it from the front. Uh to really really drive home his point with each thing that's done there and he's a great storyteller and this is one of those great examples of his just masterful craft and this fat booty is definitely at least for me if not for anybody else amongst the classic records uh so that's for me it's definitely one of my top three great choice sir love day and that's a very quotable song um, yes you could go with uh all my other plans got canceled is a famous mm -hmm. line Yep. Um, smash you like an Idaho Man, potato. Man, I smash like an Idaho potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah just. Uh, mm -hmm. and I know that Kalina be on that most deaf stuff too because she posted it too. So that's a great pick. Um, man, and that album is still classic. severely. It's classic, but it's underrated classic because it's not talked about yep. enough. Um, it's not and, the public classic. No, it's not it's the true hip hop head. Uh, let's go right into you, Kalina, all the way from Miami. I know that you had a, a lot of me smosimas because, you know, the, 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 the Cavaliers just tanked bad and you needed to suppress those feelings. And you were like, you know what? It's brunch. Let me go get this pregame on. And, man, I need something hard to finish off what I just you know what? saw. At least they didn't go to waste. So no, they didn't they, go to they waste. They didn't go to waste. They was, I think it was like bottomless mimosas. So I was like, okay, come here. Okay, let me suppress these feelings. Thank you, LeBron. Um, what do you got? Um, 
you know, for the audience who, who's tuning in for the first time, uh, we have very different ways of seeing and experiencing music. This is what's great about the hip-hop genre. We listen to it very differently. You specifically have very different um, perspective from things, which are very refreshing. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear where you, with the angles that you're going to come from. What do you have on one of, your, uh, on one of these uh, storytelling? Okay, so I'm going to... I'm gonna fuck up everybody's mood right now. Go for I'm it. So sorry. It's not morbid. However, we like morbid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. but mm-hmm. okay. My song of choice is by you know the notorious B.I.G. and it's suicidal thoughts. Now mm. he is one of the best storytellers ever for me. Absolutely, like ever. And I know that a lot of people are like, yeah, well, you know, he only had this amount of albums. He was, you know, he, he was gone too early. All right. But that doesn't take away from what he did contribute. And he was a true storyteller. Yeah. So this is why I picked this song. Um, and it starts off with Puff, you know, on the phone. He's asking him, like, you know, what time is it? Are you OK? Like, he's like, what the hell is going on? So mm-hmm. Biggie here, he's like ranting in his head, you know, and he's going through his daily suicidal thoughts you know not wanting to be a good boy knowing he hasn't been good so it's more so let me get through this pain the way i want to fuck going to heaven like i've already maxed out on being a terrible human so (laughs) i'm gonna do whatever i want to do and like to sum it all up the way he feels is like you know in one line he's like hanging with the goody goodies lounging in paradise fuck that shit i want to tote guns and shoot dice Mm -hmm. like if that doesn't tell you how he feels I don't know what will <laughs> like he's stressed and yes. he says it you know death is calling him so he's anxious he can't sleep he feels useless and worthless so to me in totality it's what's the point of going to heaven when he can be himself in hell mm. so I mean and and I would you know I'm not gonna be naive and say well everybody knows how this ends but I'm gonna right. tell you how this ends you know it ends <laughs> up with him shooting himself at the end you know, and then you hear the phone dropping. Mm-hmm. So it's like clear visual. It's like a clear visual of like all the shit that he's going through in his head just to end it right there. So, yeah. so I picked that. One of my favorite songs. I know it's terrifying. It's terrible. But it's, it's I, I can see it clearly <laughs> when he's rapping. Yeah, That's a great pick. I mean, the album is called Ready to Die. He ended yeah. it with that song. And that says a lot. Like most people want to end on a high note. Not Biggie. He ended on like, Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot myself in the head. That's the end mm-hmm. note, and and that's great. But those are also great indicators, retrospectively, of course, of his anxieties and his paranoia. Mm-hmm. Those were mm-hmm. early signs of it, and he was even then able to show them. Maybe he wasn't aware of them, but it came out lyrically. And, that and was even one. an interview, he would express, you know, his paranoia. So, yeah. it, it, I mean, this is him. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, man, that escaped my... I had a lot of Biggie songs, and that one escaped me. Um, so, <laughs> great pick. I'm going to go into... Yeah, for sure. One of mine's... Um, and it's not a song as much as it, it's a collection of songs that are woven together through two, maybe three albums to tell a story. And, um, and it's... It's not a concrete story because there's actually no way to really determine where the beginning and the middle of the end of it. But it's it's that's one of the reasons why I like it. It's it's hidden amongst the albums. And I'm talking about um, 
the great Lupe Fiasco. And Lupe Fiasco, mm-hmm. at one point was, because I didn't really like his last album, but the albums, most of the albums <laughs> before that, had some amazing storytelling in there and some high-level yeah. thinking stuff. And mm-hmm. Lupe is very um, able to tell stories in abstract kind of way so he's not always direct he makes you Mm -hmm. think he makes you he makes you experience his words in a different way he he lets you come up with your own conclusion but he did have like a story about this kid called michael young um Mm -hmm. and um and you know essentially it's a boy um who didn't have his father around father left um um and he was raised by these abstract uh, metaphorical beings, uh, one being yeah. called the streets, um, mm-hmm. and the other one called the game, and eventually, um, through lessons and curveballs here and there, he becomes the cool. And right. it, these stories are woven between two, possibly three. I say possibly because no one really knows which songs yeah. are related to one another and where, right. and what chapters are where. But I like that. I like that in a listening experience. I can't tell what's connected, but I know something is there. So you're left guessing and, and really being hyper-listening to, mm-hmm. to the music. Um, and it really, it, it really starts with uh, around food and liquor, um, when Michael, the character Michael's childhood, um, really comes up in, in the stories and ends uh, towards uh, one of the last one, The Cool... Um, so um, it's one of these stories that is becoming a, 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 a what, what's the way they say it, uh, Sir Love Day, uh, when a man, when a boy a turns into age. a man. Yeah, coming of age story, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of us can relate to, but really yes. sparsed out. Um, and it was the way he delivered it in terms of not only storytelling, but it wasn't anything that was clear. Right. And you, and really you really needed to put it together and listen and and figure out which songs in the album didn't apply and which ones mm-hmm. did. And mm-hmm. right. it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together to see where the beginning, middle, and then is for this journey of this character. And I like that kind of very deliberate uh, way of storytelling within a listening experience and connecting all the albums together. I mean, Biggie did a little. Ready to Die did lead to Life After Death. Um, did. So there was like some underlying long-term thinking. But with Lupe, it was really this um, metaphysical, metaphysic-type thinking that was a different listening experience that most people don't give you in hip-hop, but he did. And for me, it wasn't one song. It was... A, a plethora of of about it could be ranged from anywhere from six to ten songs that are all united in this one story, but no one really knows. Mm-hmm. So we need to get them on the show, and we need to figure <laughs> this out because yeah. I want to know what I'm listening to and what's connected and what's not. So for me, uh, Lupe Fiasco um, and that whole story about the Michael Young character, I would love to tell you all the songs, but I'm not sure which ones they are. Um, I do know that um, <laughs> in one of the songs is um, he says, uh, she says is definitely one of them. Kick push the cool. Mm-hmm. Those are all within the narrative of the Michael Young. So Lupe Fiasco, one of my favorite storytelling moments of hip hop. 
Um, dope. Yeah, I try. I dope. try to be dope. I was born this way. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I am what I eat. Like I said last word, last week. Uh, Sir Love Day. Yes. What do you got? So that's a very dope pick. Can't get mad at that. Um, huge Lupe fan, as you know. Uh, I just wish he would turn it around too. But for this one, we're gonna go to another guy who has a tendency to be complex uh, as well. Also a tendency to be wordy, but this is certainly one of his shortest songs, um, which probably makes sense since he doesn't seem to want to make music that bad. Uh, clearly, I'm talking about Jay Electronica. I, oh, my God. Uh, this guy. <laughs> this guy gets so much love on this show. I don't... We throw a lot of, we throw a lot of heat at him. We'd, I don't know if you would call okay. it love. No, we throw a lot of fastball. Okay, in you're his right. Face. I don't know why people go see him on tour. He has no music out. I, it just baffles me. Yeah, we're always like, hey, Mr. Two Songs, um, you should do a song with Two Chains. Uh, oh you guys goodness. have equally sized catalogs. Oh, no, wait, two Chains has outdone you by a few albums. But anyway, uh, one of my favorite records of his, which is, of course, on no album because he has none, um, but. He has a song that's fantastic and that really struck me when I first heard it. Um, I first heard it on like a, one of these long compilations of Jay Electronica because I wasn't sitting down tracking down every single little mixtape he had out. Um, and it was right when he was first, first, not the second or third time that they were like, hey, look out for this kid, he's amazing. Like when they first started going, this guy's great, you should listen to him. Uh, a friend of mine sent me this big compilation mixtape. And on there's a song called Departure. And this song is like buried towards the bottom of the mixtape, which had like 20 songs. And it already passed all the big ones that everybody knows, the Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C. Um, and it finally got to this record. And it's really short. And the beat is very sparse, uh, real simple. Um, and then he just comes on in the opening lines. Um is what really took me because it starts off with as the tears walled up in my eyes my mama said son what happened and he says it with that little bit of acting to it he doesn't just read it off like a rap he goes son what happened um, and just that moment kind of sucked me into like this this story or this mode of, of where that was uh, and with him eventually trying to explain uh, the location of that mama's son um uh, and explaining how he lost a good friend of his and how he found out and all the things that he thought about and it it hit me perfectly because um, I've been in that place been in that spot of having to like say to somebody hey um, so uh, this is the worst thing I could possibly ever have to tell you um, and having to try and explain those things uh, to somebody who's losing their mind, and then also be like, "Holy crap, that's my boy! How is he not? How is he? How can he not be here? I, I just saw him. I just, we were just hanging out. Um, who's gonna do this? Who's gonna laugh at these jokes anymore? Who's gonna say this sort of line anymore? Who's who's gonna react in this way? Who's gonna do those things? And that's all packed up inside this song, um, along with it along the way." Uh, towards the end of the song, he kind of encapsulates that thought and uses that idea as sort of his turning point of, I'm done with this, I'm done with this life, I'm done with, with struggling along here, 
I'm taking my little two cents, whatever I got. I'm packing it up. I'm moving, and I'm going to start really pursuing this rap game seriously. Uh, we see where that has gotten him. Mm. Um, but No ticket sales. That's where it got him. <laughs> as far as the song goes, it's still a phenomenal, phenomenal song. Um, just because of the way uh, he tells it, um, with all of the sound effects, there's some of that um, onomatopoeic rhymes in there. Uh, the way he describes uh, his friend that he lost, the way he kind of talks about just the the dealings of how that information came to him and how he's going to move on and how he's going to take his, his future on. And then he just wraps it up like, look, that's it. I'm going and I'm out. And the song kind of ends abruptly. And you're kind of hoping for, you know, some sort of denouement. You want that sort of ending you want to know what the story is how it continues you want that epilogue uh but he doesn't give it to you he just tells you look this is a terrible day i lost a great great friend and i can't do this anymore i'm tired of this life i'm moving to new york i'm pursuing hip-hop i'm gonna chase this rap dream uh i'll be back and that's the end of it um Super, super powerful. The, the language that he uses, it's great. Um, and it's it's spoken from a couple of different perspectives at once. Uh, but I love it. And it's definitely one of those great moments for me. Um, I just wanted to highlight it because it's storytelling in a way that isn't always uh, and then this happened and then that happened. But he's giving you a whole lot of information about all the people involved and all the things that are going on, he even, you know, is alluding to the fact that he's been dealing with so much and what's been going on just by the way he reacts to it. So it gives you the idea that of what's been else that has been on his mind before this moment happens and how all the people around them are involved and what people are doing, what people are involved with, and even paints a little bit of the picture of what that life was. Uh, so I think it's just really, really brilliant and a ton of a ton of just emotion captured in one record from a guy who has generally speaking a very monotone delivery um but he managed to get out a bunch in this one record without having to do too much so jay electronica i would tell you the listeners to find him on itunes or spotify but he's not there either so good luck with finding that record maybe a youtube link will come our way to you but jay get it together Please. You, if you, we said it in the beginning of this year, if you don't drop something this year, it's done. We're done. It doesn't matter what comes out afterwards. We're, we're done. We don't know. You're dead. So saying that, we'll, let's move to to Kalina. Kalina. Now, you started off with 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 Biggie's suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Let, are you continuing the trend of morbid thinking? Or is this I just want to apologize in advance. <laughs> She's doing a lot of apologizing, folks. It just looks like I'm just... I just took a look at my list and I didn't realize that there was so much death. <laughs> but... Do you need a drink? This is, this, it looks like this is where I'm going. So, right. uh, the listeners, I apologize in advance. but It's an omen to the Cleveland season. <laughs> Ending <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? So, for my second song, 
or the person, person and song. I picked Snoop Dogg um, off of his Doggy Style album. Mm -hmm. um, actually, murder was the case. Right. I know, yeah. right? Terrifying. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> part two of suicidal thoughts. Growing up, <laughs> listening to you know his album and you know Biggie's album. And, you know, it always being like a East Coast, West Coast thing. It was always some shit, right? But regardless of the fact, Snoop Dogg, excellent storyteller. And this song mm -hmm. clearly is one of those songs because it's like very visual related to like his fictional death and then like making a deal with the devil. So his resurrection and then getting all of these good things, you know, being able to smoke, having, you know, the car that he wants. His girl is good. And then right. everything just ends up burning in hell again for him. So it's like you can see him going through all these phases of what the hell, you know, waking up in a coma, sweating, like mm -hmm. burning. And the good thing about him is that he always does this, even when it's serious like this, even throughout the whole album. He's super lighthearted and I wanted to be lighthearted, but I didn't want to offend anybody because my <laughs> second pick would have been ain't no fun, you know, <laughs> if, if the homies can't get none. You can offend anybody you want. Whoever you feel. Who are you feel? And I will but just you. overall, you know, he, you know, he talks about his plight with women or mm -hmm. groupies and then it getting to something like this just just very visual great storyteller and that's yeah. where i was at with that yeah that's a great cool. pick that's also around the time he was in court for murder like that's right so this was also mm -hmm. like that song that was putting all those feelings real feelings into this narrative so it made that song even more uh, grandiose and if he would have just released it on his own. So that's a great pick. Another one that I forgot, mostly because the isn't that the same beat that uh, Big Pun used? So, you know, when you looked at the... Oh, right. For Spotty Double this for, um, for Gangsta? Murder was the, the, the game? Yeah. Murder was the case? Yeah, uh, Murder was the case. What song you use that for? Man, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Okay. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Um, that's a great pick. I'm gonna go right into one of mine. I don't. I, I want to keep saying like top two, but we're not ranking. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> man. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a surprise for anybody mm -hmm. who listens to this show. Um, right. But it's it's not only the song, but it's the verse. It's one of the first verses when I was a young. 13, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, when this track came out and I first heard it, it was something very eerie, haunting, mm -hmm. and disturbing about it because it was the first time I heard um, the subgenre of horrorcore. And horrorcore is mm -hmm. a, a type of hip-hop that deals with a lot of death, spirituality, um... Things that things that don't around that nature, and the only two that I could really think of growing up that were in that vein was the Flatliners, which most people don't talk about, but I'm mm -hmm. I'm a hip hop nerd that way, so I know who they are. I'm a hundred percent sure they were on Def Jam um, when they first came out, um, and then the other one that really cemented horrorcore and probably the top of the food chain of it is the Gravediggers. And that's an outfit mm -hmm. from the Wu-Tang Clan that had the RZA, Prince Paul, Fuquan, and I'm missing somebody. 
um, because, you know, that's where I lose my hip-hop credit. Um, <laughs> so, and it had to be Diary of a Madman, the verse that the Resurrector paints. That verse that Resurrector mm-hmm. comes in. And that's not yeah. dismissing the best verse of that whole album, Shabazz Disciples' verse, that starts the song off. This is the follow-up verse where he talks about uh, being locked up. Um, the year is 84, November, day 10. He's telling you, like, the timeline. The year, 84, November, day So we know November 10th, 1984. Um, overwhelmed by the wicked. So he's already going into, like, these metaphysics, spiritual stuff, which is what Resurrected does. Um, mm-hmm. And he just goes into it. I saw the brutal torture, murder of my father. So the brain became mm-hmm. stained with the horror. I'm having mm-hmm. reoccurring nightmares. I'm soaking wet, strapped down to the electric chair. Like he's vi- like you could imagine it. Besides the video showing it, like he, you didn't need mm-hmm. the video to to see the details he was talking about. So if Lupe was was talking about metaphysics and putting these jigsaw puzzle stories together, what Rizza did was what Resurrected did here was give you details that put you there. And made you uncomfortable because mm-hmm. he was talking about things that often aren't talking about in 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 music or in everyday conversations, um, and talking about spirituality stuff even in a light way makes people uncomfortable. Um, True. And at my age, coming from a hardcore Christian family, it was like, oh my goodness, what am I listening to? And, you know, I got tackled with handcuffs and shackled in restraints at the bottom of a holy tabernacle. Like, there's there's not a lot of MCs within, outside of the Wu-Tang Killer B team that really go into any type of these lyrical type of directions. Um, mm-hmm. And my, my, my and they nailed my hands and feet to form a cross. Like the vivid of Jesus, the, the the vivid picture of Jesus being crucified, and the salt on the wounds, and the crown, and the vinegar, and he's putting all these things that we all know into a very morbid, dark place. But what you don't mm-hmm. know, he's really talking about killing his old self to become this new self. Well, hence why he's mm-hmm. called the resurrect resurrector. He resurrects the mental dead. But in order to do that, you have to go to some dark places. And mm. for me, being a 13, 14-year-old, when this first came out, the beat was chilling. The opening verse by Shabazz Disciple was incredible. He should have been a member of the Grave Diggers from day one. Um, <laughs> that would have gave a lot more life to the outfit, um, especially once Prince Paul pull, pulled back on the second album. Uh, and then RZA has this iconic, vivid, storytelling, morbid verse that just stays stayed with me and i'm in this my this is great choice i'm in my mid 30s great 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 and it's it's mm-hmm. one of the best lyrics and when rizza and mean me and kalina talked about this when we talked about bobby digital when mm-hmm. rizza's focus mm-hmm. is and has a specific topic right specific topic that he could tackle right he's one of the best mcs and storytellers out there when he's out there yeah. just like not being concentrated and trying to do one take stuff, he's sloppy, messy, and unorthodox. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But when he's focused, True. like the this version of Rizza, the Rizza Recta is the best lyrical Rizza. By 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 leaps and bounds. And this is just the, the one of the best verses 
in his catalog. And if you're into horrorcore, which is not many out there, Odd Future got labeled as horrorcore. They're not horrorcore. A little more <laughs> shock, if anything. Maybe Death Grip is a little horrorcore. This yeah. is horrorcore, and it's fantastic. And quite frankly, we need more horrorcore to emerge. <laughs> and it's it's time. I'm ready for a new Grave Digger, but most of them are dead. But what can you do? Mm-hmm. Alright, so that's my pick. Uh Diary of a Man Man, second verse uh Riza. Um yeah. So we're yeah. up to our third one. We're not ranking. But... Yeah, no. What you got, Sir Love Day, the original Dirk Myth Dirk McGirth. <laughs> did you get tested well, this week? Uh You're I supposed did. to get tested uh, every week for your scenes, brother. I do. I have to. All right. And I make sure I do. I want you don't want another breakout. Yeah, no breakout. Industries have enough issues. Yeah. <laughs> Can't mess with the industry any further. But uh so for me, uh I actually put in on my collection of songs here, uh, instead of just three, I actually put five. Because I wanted to make sure that just in case we went a certain direction, I could bounce back and not have a song that's on my list already snatched off. Um, but luckily nothing on my list has been taken, but something on my list we already touched in that direction. Uh, and since uh, Kalina's already mentioned <laughs> that she's got some death and destruction <laughs> all down her list, I'll take one of my death and destruction records off and I'll go for something. Good, good, good. Let's be positive. Let's be positive. Because <laughs> the next one I got is still death related. <laughs> hey, you need a hug. Someone well, give this- <laughs> Kalina a hug, some BMW mats, something. I am sorry. sorry. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but this record, although it does sound a lot happier and sound a lot more positive, it's still not exactly a happy song. Uh, it, it's Miss Jackson by Outkast. Oh my god, uh, I hate that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a step. I'm a step. That's fine. Just hate it all you want to. Uh, <laughs> you can hate it all you want to, but you can't deny that it's great storytelling. Uh, okay, 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 okay. We, I can agree. I can agree with that. I still, mm-hmm. I hate that song. But That's I fine. Do. Yeah, I mean, I never listen to it anymore. Now it's been run to death, <laughs> so I can't really listen to it. Um, it's been beat. It's one of those songs that gets beaten into the ground, so I never want to hear it again. But uh, the storytelling on this record is phenomenal. Uh, both of these guys are great storytellers in their own rights. And on this particular record, they took the time to focus on this one idea and just position themselves to kind of reveal bits about the background of their relationship. Um, and they're not talking specifically to their baby mother or the, the mother of their children, um, but they're speaking to her mother. And in speaking to her mother, they're giving you all of this insight into the background and the history of the relationship between them and the mother of their children. And they do it uh, in a great way that really just kind of highlights all sorts of stuff that's going on. Things that might not necessarily be happening with them, but that uh, is relatable to a, a large number of, of people who've had to deal with those sort of situations uh, from things from people trying to send somebody to come and beat you up because they mad um, them trying to punish you by punishing the child 
trying to throw parties for the child without uh, both parents being aware or both parents having an opportunity to even be present, uh, treating the child like a paycheck and just claiming that they need things for the child so they can take that money and use it for themselves to, to do whatever they want with it. Uh, and the list goes on and on of all the little things that they highlight um, and that they point out and that they do really creatively. You know, it's not just straight, straightforward. I'm going to just say it exactly like this. Here's what's going on. But lots of little background stuff, a little uh, around the way explanations of how things have been going on. And then, uh, of course, Andre just crushes it. Uh, delivers this incredible verse with a bunch of really quotable moments on there as well that have been quoted and used all over the place. Uh, the forever, forever, ever, forever, ever is been a thousand million six hundred places, um, along with his little sing-along sections that he's done throughout the rest of it. Uh, but it's really, really well put together. They really, really cover so many different bases of the dynamics of that relationship in just three verses um, and include uh, a little shout out throughout the whole time of, you know, I'm sorry <laughs> that this is the way it is. I'm sorry things are all jacked up. Uh, and Andre throws in that I wish I could pull some magic and make it all disappear and get things fixed, but this is the way it is uh are we gonna get it straight of course until big boy basically flips them off at the end of the song and tells them uh you can go and get the hell on you and your mama uh, but really really great way of telling the story i really like that i like when uh when writers do that uh where they can give you a bunch of information about the history of, of someone or of characters that they're talking about without really having to right in front of your face do a big exposition dump and they kind of did that in this work and I love that well outcast what can you say um, but that's a great pick um, yeah I'm with you though it's a little like okay I heard it so much because it was such a big song that it's a little yeah. exhausting but in terms of storytelling people should definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out uh, you know it's Andre 3000 and Big Boy so they're legends I, I'm very regional I like my East Coast New York hip hop mm -hmm. they're one of the first groups that was like this is pretty good besides Bone Thug those right. are one of the that's one of the groups I was like I, they got something I'm gonna listen to yeah, it. Yeah, now I, I feel bad. Like now I feel bad that I totally forgot and I didn't even touch on them because I know that there were a couple of summers just going through like whole whole albums of Outcast. Mm -hmm. You know, big Outcast fan. And in terms of storytelling, yeah, you you hit it like right on the head. Like everything that they say, everything that they do in terms of like songs, lyrics, very visual. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of upset now that I didn't even touch on that. Now I feel like a bonehead, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, that's okay. it's. It's represented in Crush. That's all that matters. We got yeah, it. We, we got it. Uh, Kalina, what you got? Let's stick with death and destruction. Well, and, we're uh, going there. We're, it's let's kind go. Of like, 
it's kind of like love and death in this one so we're just gonna chop it up to the next one which i also picked another biggie song which is me and my bitch nice okay now it's like the 90s like bonnie and clyde like romance narrative but mm-hmm. a little bit more vulgar like a lot more vulgar <laughs> so like very simply put like he just pretty much wanted to stay like he didn't need a ring to say oh this is my lady so mm-hmm. they could fight physical or whatnot like she knew like the rundown of everything like if he gets into something you know she pretty much she got yeah. it covered so right. it's not like he's out here trying to romance any other females and even if he tried like <laughs> she would pop up and ruin it for him <laughs> so like, even through infidelity and like crime robbery like he preferred the lady who was always going to be down for him no matter what now again i'm not going to be naive and you know assume that everybody knows how this story ends but at the end of it obviously the sad part is she obviously dies at the end and he says you know and, and towards the end it sums it all up when i find them your life is to an end they killed my best friend you know like me and my bitch mm-hmm. so truly was really his his best friend mm-hmm. i'm sorry that i had to do that to you but if you could see through through all the lyrics it's just very a visual of like how he saw her in terms of them being connected like that so that's why i picked this song there's never a moment where i'm not gonna listen to it not gonna play it it's not gonna happen always mm-hmm. loved it always that's yeah. it you could put Dope. we could all three of us could have biggie on it and yeah it would still be appropriate and and totally agreeable um I so know. that i just feel like people like him but they don't love him. Like, I love Biggie. Like, there's no way that... That must be a Miami like, thing. Now, like, That's a Miami now, thing. Like, people aren't touching well, him. I don't know. touch him. You're telling me in Brooklyn? Truth. How is it in yes. your side of Brooklyn? My side of Brooklyn, yes. like, I can't escape it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I want to say Miami. Thing. You're right, because, you know, a bunch of assholes. And I'm pretty sure they're not in love with Biggie. They didn't love him like that. But, you know, I grew up in the South, so it was a lot of, like, Southern, but it was a lot of more East Coast. You know, I was more right. towards East Coast. Yeah, you have an yeah, in- East I'll Coast say, inf- influence. So, I'll I'll what do you think? Because you have a hot... It sounds like you have a hot take. Yeah, because dealing with a bunch of the, the industry stuff, like, the the 20th anniversary wasn't but a few years ago. Uh, and the same time that that 20th anniversary rolled around, of course, it was the 20th anniversary for a bunch of other really big albums, um, including Illmatic and including a bunch of other stuff. And yeah. perhaps it's because a lot of those other guys uh, are alive. But I got to tell you, when that Biggie stuff was rolling around, there was not a big push from Bad Boy, from Puff. There was not a big push for the sort of events and for the sort of uh, support and options around it that there was for like but Illmatic, are we surprised right well like, no I'm not we surprised, surprised that they weren't that. doing it. Prob- I'm not surprised that Puff was acting like a jerk right that's, that's probably because he probably didn't have this is all speculation probably he probably didn't have the 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 license or whatever to make money off it no I, probably- I definitely get that he he definitely did but I know I understand why he's being if he could be iffy but when it was time to like actually, well, I'm still waiting for making the band album. album. I want my making the. I want my Babs album, and I want my Babs album now. You keep don't waiting be, for that. Don't be taking Babs and then don't put Babs out. Tired. <laughs> he was just hiring <laughs> ghostwriters. 
Of course he was. <laughs> but, but when it was time to do Ready to Die, and it was the anniversary of Ready to Die, and it was time to talk about those records and deal with those records, when I was going around, and this was too like talking to hip hop heads, like people who are in New York who are involved in hip hop journalism, who are involved in hip hop radio, who are involved in hip hop podcasts, etc. These guys are like, yeah, 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 no, nah, it was a good album. You know, uh, it was, that wasn't really the one that really clicked it for me, but big. And I'm like, what do you mean? How could you possibly, what? Are you, are you high? How are you saying that right now? Like, there were a lot of people I was finding, way too many, here in New York, who were really big on Big Papa and Juicy off that oh, album, Lord. but weren't really big on that album. But like, oh yeah, life after death, oh life after death, life after death, but weren't that crazy over Ready to Die. And Ready I think that's a darn shame and disgusting. Yeah, that is yeah. disgusting. I can't deal with well, you. Well, those, yeah. those are like a Fairweather fans who just know that one song, but don't know, don't go into the deep stuff. Yeah, this is Jump why we have you. this podcast. Because my favorite song on that is not Juicy. Actually, the song I hate the most is Juicy. Um, and that's just the way it is with me. I just I never liked Juicy. It wasn't the song that got me. I was a bigger Craig Mack fan from the beginning. Because Flavor in Your Hair was just a better <laughs> song than Juicy, in my opinion. And then crazy. No, and then, but the rest is catalog. <laughs> like, come on. Like, Warning and Unbelievable. And mm-hmm. so many. Even the interlude with them having sex with kentucky fried chicken pickle right? juice all and like all of that <laughs> is like is like what made his ethos so Im- yeah. important so okay let's yeah. digress anyway great pick kalina if, if yes. you don't know who biggie is or go past the stupid itunes playlist because that's not the in-depth stuff get get really get into his nitty-gritty stuff i'm gonna go right into um, my number three before we highlight our master of storytelling is someone mm-hmm. who doesn't get a lot of love, uh, who I think should get a little more love. Uh, I don't know if he really wants the love, though, so I got to be fair about that. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Immortal Technique. Immortal Technique is one of the mm-hmm. nicest MCs, one of the best storytellers, hyper-intelligent sure. um, MC who is not playing around by doing anything that's not authentic in terms of hip-hop a lore and and unofficial rules of how to do an MC. And of course, I'm talking about dance with the devil. How do you not have dance with the devil? Dance with the devil. If we're sticking with morbid and love and death, since this, this right. is the unofficial theme of today's episode, uh, <laughs> dance with the devil is that song. It's like an eight minute songs of lyrical fury and lyrical storytelling, and it's. It's one of those songs where he decided to really not show off his wordplay, but show off that his his hyper intelligence in terms of crafting a story that had a beginning, middle, and end in a tragic end, which most immortal technique songs tend to have. Um, and he really goes through this whole journey. But like when you look at the lyrics, it's like mm-hmm. you're reeling a damn book. Because I'm, I was researching, because I do do some research from time to time. Um, nice. And I'm like, how am I supposed to read all of this? Um, but one of the, the lines that always stuck out to me, uh, dance forever with the devil on a cold cell block. But that's but that's what happens when you rape, murder, and sell rock. Drug uh, Devils use 
to be God. Angels fell from the top. There's no diversity because we're burning in the in this melting pot. Uh, and he's just able to just craft these words. It's a darker song that deals with uh, a person figuring out how to live their life, walk a certain way, uh, you know, either walk in a more unbalanced way towards some of the things that maybe aren't best for them or walk in a different path of of i want to use the word salvation even though he doesn't use that word but just walking <laughs> more purer life to that might be a harder life in terms of not getting everything you need right away money right. success but it's a more if you're patient you could get there and just following a story on how to make how to make those decisions and what gets in the way and and how the devil will trick you to get into certain situations without you knowing that the person who studies you the most is the devil you know one of the stories that i share a lot with people is how clever uh if you believe in the devil or not but just in terms of the stories of of how uh, older demons teach newer demons how to be demons so if you're thinking about possibly thinking about Jesus or anything like that, mm -hmm. the devil doesn't teach the other demons how to stop that from happening. What they do is they'll trigger something in you to stop you, to, to distract you from that thought. So if you're mm -hmm. thinking about something, and you could get this from the Scarlet Letters, um, um, Wormwood Letters, uh, Screw Tape Letters, um, kind of theory books, they'll spark hunger you suddenly get hungry with the idea mm -hmm. that if you spark their hunger, they will need to get up and eat. And then that thought of light of Jesus of, of being positive is now mm -hmm. gone because you physically distracted them. And, and immortal technique has a lot of kind of that level of sophistication and thinking in this song. It's about really that struggle to reach some type of, of Zenith but all the things that get in the way or uh, the life struggles just to get by every day are very present. And that's what that story is. I don't want to go into super detail about it because I think it's, if you're a first time listener to that song, I think it will, it's going to blow your mind and you're going to listen to it a lot. So for me, Immortal Technique, uh, Dance with the Devil, um, I had to put it up there. Uh, Fair enough. Of course yeah, it's I can't knock that. No, of course you can't. can't. that. What's there to not? Um, if you're listening, first time listening to the show, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you've been listening to the show, thank you for keep coming back. You can find us on Crush A Lot Podcast, Crush A Lot uh, Chi, Sir Love Day, and Calzingas over at uh, Twitter. Uh, biggest way to help us is leave a comment on the iTunes page. Let us know if you like it, don't like it, we're whack, whatever. We talk too much, keep it shorter, whatever it is, whatever feedback, we appreciate it retweet share and all that good stuff um let's go right into our highlighted mcs uh who we think are the the top of the top of storytelling we're not saying this is the number one person but we're saying you should really check out this this person right so sir love day right. who you got all right so really simple uh before i get into my guy because there's not a whole lot i need to say about him uh just my my honorable mention, since we didn't get it out there, was Renee by the Lost Boys. I was hoping one of us would throw that in there. So Ooh, I left it on the good. side to see if someone was going to toss it into the bunch, thinking that might have came from one of you two, but eh, 
It's still on the list. I'm, I'm sorry we anyway. disappointed you. There's a bunch. No, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got a little cock shy. No, I should have put it on there myself. I was too busy jumping around with everybody else. But my guy, uh, I had to just kind of fight a little bit over whether I go with some of the guys that I adore that I don't get enough credit for their storytelling or somebody I have two other people on my short list that are people who just don't get enough credit period who aren't worldwide known and loved and supported um, at the levels that I think they deserve and I just said nope I'm gonna go and do what I would typically do um, when I'm if I was talking to somebody on the street and they were asking me about storytelling and I would start with the father with the kingpin uh, the guy who first made it uh, such a big deal in the first place uh, and the original god of storytelling and that's uh, Mr. Ricky Waters himself Slick Rick yeah. uh, Walters himself uh, the great Slick Rick I mean for years for years and years and years uh, Slick Rick was in my top five greatest MCs of all time it took me a long time to be even considering somebody else being in that slot uh, because he was just that incredible with how he told stories. Uh, really, really across the board, 100% of what he did. There are really very few moments of songs where he wasn't just telling stories and telling them in all sorts of different ways. Uh, super historical, super influential, super quotable. I mean, there's so much about what we do in hip hop now that started with Slick Rick uh, from just image wise. Uh, with the, the love and the adoring of the Kango hat from the, the massive amounts of chains uh, to even the way he would carry himself in his videos uh, was very much spread throughout hip-hop and became something that people wanted to do uh, for ages and ages and ages. And then the way he told his stories where it was so effortless, where it didn't feel like someone was rhyming to you felt like somebody was just telling you a story it was just that simple and that he bridged all sorts of stories for all sorts of audiences and all sorts of ages from uh you know uh, uh treated like a prostitute uh, which is you know the story of a relationship gone wrong and the differences between uh girls who are looking for bad guys um, and girls who are looking for good guys and the dynamics of what might happen to a guy if he treats a girl uh, that isn't looking for a nice guy too nicely uh, to children's story, uh, which is how it has been transformed into an actual children's book uh, that you can buy in stores and read to your kids. <laughs> um, don't know if you want to read to your kids a story about a kid who went around robbing people um and died in a hail of bullets uh but depends on the age of your kid depends on the kind of parent you are i don't want to judge your parenting you do what you feel is right uh but he covers every angle from every side and tells these stories with both simplicity uh and with super directness and paints the stories so well that you feel you're there you see everything that's happening you know every single part of that setting and what's going on you're never lost or confused about what's happening or what's happened next or who's involved really lays it out for you real simple and 
He is a master, the original greatest master of storytelling. And I couldn't possibly talk about storytelling without shouting the king, the godfather, uh, Slick Rick out, MC Ricky D. Uh, so that's my, my guy to focus on. And a lot of the hip hop heads know who Slick Rick is. But don't um, listen. But don't actually. You can't Ever. recite some of those records. Like, I can recite to you. If we were throwing the Great Adventures of Slick Rick right now, we're busting that whole record down. I'm reciting the whole yeah. thing. That was my life. We for could, a long we could time. do that for an episode. We just play it and just go. Oh, yeah. I got you on that one. <laughs> um, there's quite I'll, a few I'll, albums that would do that. I'll do too. the ad libs. Or we could do a Bone Thugs and <laughs> Harmony album. As long as I could be lazy. I'll be lazy, bro. <laughs> I don't think we have enough people to really. Well, which, wishbone doesn't count. Forget out. about wishbone. We just mute that part. <laughs> He's only there to be bad for everyone else to be good. So that's, mean. That's my theory. Uh, uh, but yeah, so you know, if you don't, if you do know some Slick Rick, or you know who Slick Rick is, you know him as a legend, but you don't really know his music, haven't really gotten into what he's doing, then definitely check out his early stuff. Great Adventures of Slick Rick is always a great place to go. But also check out some of his later stuff with like uh, his features and guest appearances on like. I mean, does, doesn't he have an album called "The Art of Storytelling"? Yes. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, so it's there. The man knew. Um, Sir yeah. Lovely, that's a great pick. It definitely was on my list. I was waiting to see as you where it was mm-hmm. going to be or where who was right. going to say it. But yeah, right. Slick Rick is the godfather of it, and he's so quotable. You don't even know his rhyme structure was originated right. from him. You may. Uh, credited to someone else mm-hmm. but it really was uh yeah. Rick, and that's what's great about him um kalina we're up to you uh, are we going to continue the the stomp through death and destruction no sir <laughs> oh, no right. sir hey, we're gonna have, end on a happy note Actually, we are going to end on a happy note and Aww. i am going to also say slick rick yeah. So we are all in unison here And you know I know it would seem typical To say him but if you're Not hailing him as one Of the best storytellers in hip hop history Then mm-hmm. who are you Like what are you doing with your life <laughs> Like yeah. like Slick Rick the ruler he's like the original Don like he's yeah. The definition of like the ultimate storyteller In hip hop like his okay. name says it all He's like he's slick at the mouth You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying he's like yeah. mad Playful and his cadence, delivery, smooth, very enjoyable. It's like charismatic. Very charismatic, mm-hmm. yeah. And Absolutely. it's it's pure comedy and melodic. So it's like he's not taking himself too serious, but yep. that's just serious. Is like it's super hard. Mm-hmm. And there's no one like him. And he you know, he raps about getting into trouble and like entertaining like his plight with women, which mm-hmm. is super enjoyable and super funny. But, like, I take him serious. Like, he's special to me. And anytime he comes on, I I will listen. Like, I had another... Like, with me, I become obsessed with, like, certain albums for certain periods of time. So, yeah. I, there was a moment in time where it was just... uh, It was just, like, Rick. Like, I go mm. through these phases of just certain people for, like, an extended period of time. Like, mm. uh, like for example, I know that it was just, like... uh, It was Juvenile for a long period of time. Or it was... Mm-hmm. um uh three six mafia for a period of time and then their affiliates so i'm like so weird i'm like super obsessive with music about these things but um for listeners like i need you to run this back (laughs) and listen to 
It's a boy remix. I run this <laughs> and behind bars. Uh, the dumb diddy dumb mix it's with warren g or you can listen without warren g and it's super fire and it's slick rick yeah we're, we're gonna we'll eventually have a crush a lot playlist that we could put in the link but that's more work for me so i'm not there yet because i'm doing a lot of projects at once um so if one of you want to take that on and just send me the link that'd be great um but that's a great both of you did a great pick. I, I definitely had him up there. I was going to mention him if no one did, but I, I have a complete, I went in a different direction for my um, highlighted, um, and I knew what it was going to be from the beginning. And this, this is no surprise to anybody mm-hmm. who listens, anybody who knows me. Uh, <laughs> it's no surprise, and I'm going to cheat because it's not one, it's two. Mm-hmm. And even though they never did an album together, it always seems like they're together anyway. And I, I'm close, I'm talking about Ragu, I'm talking about Ray and Ghost Unite, Raekwon the Chef, Shalar Raekwon. I'm talking about Ghost Ray Killer, not Killer E R, it's A H. Um, <laughs> for me, besides Slick Rick, who I put above them, I gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta respect the OGs. They, mm-hmm. for me, were that level of storytelling that is still missing now. The level of mm-hmm. intricate storytelling, crime stories, grimy East Coast boom bap rap that I adore. Who is very much anybody who hangs out with me outside of here knows I'm very much like that. Um, not my work persona, not my on-air persona, because I, like, I don't curse as much as I do outside off the mic. Like, Sir Loveday knows that part about me, but no one else does. So, for me, it starts with Cuban Link, only built for Cuban Links, and right. the lexicon. One is the lexicon they have. They have their own vocabulary. So, if you have no idea what they're talking about, it's because they're talking straight urban crime street and within that they have their own lingo that wasn't even a new york lingo as much as their own lingo Mm -hmm. and it just was captured in this album and that album a lot of people don't connect that album that it's a story from beginning to end there's a Mm -hmm. story being told by raekwon and he's using some of the uh, other wu-tang members and affiliates to craft the story this crime story that's all woven together of course he uses the killer the wonderful uh killer movie to really cement and put everything together and fill in some of the blanks so you get you get that criminology Wu gambino glaciers of ice a lot of people don't even know glaciers of ice is talking about guns um, because mm-hmm. they make no gun references in the song whatsoever. Um, <laughs> and verbal intercourse with Nas, Wisdom Body. There's so much knowledge, God, of course, incarcerated Scarfaces. It all paints a picture. And then you go to Iron Man Ghost, and he hits you with probably one of the most lyrical and detailed, <laughs> intimate song with All That I Got Is You, where he shows a vulnerability about talking about the way he grows, grew up. Uh, no one wants to sleep with, with John. John, he pees the bed. Um, yeah. You know, going to the neighbors to ask for some uh, for food and sugar, whatever it is. And um, living with brothers that have muscular dystrophy. Like, it was just this vivid storytelling that he had that was different than Ray. Ray was very crime, narrative, criminology stuff. Ghostface mm-hmm. was hyper-detailed. 
hyper, hyper detailed in painting the narrative, even in Wu-Tang Forever, of course, one of the greatest lines. Um, um, Tears just bust out my wigs, photogenic. Like, it's just like, <laughs> um, it's so much of them, especially Ghost, has many, many, many albums um, that just paint these pictures um, from sex escapades, from Cuban Link 2 has him and Raekwon on uh, Jihad, where he's, he talks about stealing his man's girl while his man went out to the house to get something from the store, and his man came back in, and his, his girl is giving ghost head, and the guy's like looking at it, and at the time he walked into the house, he like like nutted on her face, uh, and it was just the way he the way he pointed though, and then at the end of the story he's like, "Go to the store and get some meat for your eye," like like he's like like the story like the things he thinks of and puts mm-hmm. it out is 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 amazing. Like he's okay with being audacious, and and raise a good compliment. To him, because Ray's not audacious. Ray's a, the bravado of the two, and he paints a different. He's like the one that will punch you in the face, and goes to the one that's going to tell you, "Yo, he's going to punch you in the face," and mm-hmm. and it just worked well. So with Raekwon, his storytelling is is very different, but it's very multi layered and connected. With Ghost, is very detailed, orientated, and Ghost has albums that are conceptual. So 12, 12 ways to die. Um, follow up with number two. Um, he has albums that are stories about the Delucas. Who are the Delucas? Well, you gotta listen to the stories. Um, and for me, I had to put them up there because they go out of way to take you on a journey um, and still be the top MCs and still be lyrical masters. And I always look forward to their stuff. And now we get news that Ghost is dropping something this year with one of the best producers in the game right now, Big Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, take my money. I'm, I'm in. So for me, Ray and Ghost have to be up very high on anybody's mentions um, for best storytellers. Um, yep. Yeah, so there we go. Um, nice. Yeah, I know. I know. I do, I, I do a little research from time to time. I uh, want to thank everybody for checking out the show. If you like us, let us know. Retweet, share, all that good stuff. Leave a comment. Really does help us um, a lot. And uh, reach out to us, uh, Crush a Lot Podcast Cheese on Twitter, Kalzingas over on Twitter, that's Kalina and Sir Love Day everywhere, um, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, any parting words before we go? Well, uh, next time around, we'll be hitting on freestyles. So, that's going to be a special one, uh, a particularly tough one. Uh, trying to pick an artist that really uh, focuses on. Or exemplifies the idea of freestyling and then also kind of tackling the subject of defining freestyles because that's been uh, much maligned in the last few years. What counts as a freestyle, what doesn't. So that's going to be an interesting discussion next time around. So make sure you catch that one. All right. Subscribe everywhere. SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, app, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. We're working on doing a smart URL make it easier for all of you to find us in one space but we're working we're working on behind the scenes uh crush a lot podcast youtube videos coming soon mm-hmm. uh just keep you know all the stuff is in we're ready to go and uh sometime we'll get an instagram from kalina no no, no rush no. Uh, other than that keep it safe yeah, don't push it don't we'll, push uh, it no, no, like you're my yeah we, we're working on it drink some most mimosa and uh we'll see everyone on the next episode peace peace